Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour number one of the extended get rights right here on 105. Three of the fan, Kevin Gray. Reginald Attitude. Oh, you gonna charge him for my extra three minutes? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't ready until it said, "Hey, that red light's coming on. It's time to talk." It is the number one night show. Oh, you gonna do this all night, aren't you? In DFW Sports Radio. That's right. You damn right I am. All right. Shout out to the Texas Rangers. Uh, appreciate you joining <laughs> us on Odyssey and the Odyssey at the text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. By the way, it looks like the text line is working for us. Well, you know what? It's, the- been, it's been working for a minute. We just haven't been here, but Thursday was... Last Thursday. Man, we, we missed y'all. We missed y'all on the text line. It was tough. Uh, but oh, y'all, I mean, I'm about tough, but well, you know. Well, you know. Uh, but they were hanging out with us on, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Always do that. And on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you are there. Shout out to Carter Freeman uh, running the video throughout the course of the day. I know he's been loving all the college football. We'll talk a, lot, a little college football a little bit later on. Uh, at 8 o'clock, Joel Anderson of Slate and the Slow Burn Podcast going to be joining us at 8 o'clock. Also, the Hang Up and Listen podcast, which is the sports arm of, uh, of, the, of the Slate podcast. Mm-hmm. And honestly, most importantly, former TCU running back because we don't have to Woo! ask him some questions. We got questions, questions. Uh, for Joel at this particular point. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes, John Mashota of The Athletic going to be joining us here on the Get Right to give us his perspective as the Cowboys get ready to take on the G-Men on Sunday night football, 720 right here. On the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, 105 through the fan, with pregame beginning at 4 o'clock. Look, Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broaddus will talk with John Machota of The Athletic at 720. Uh, for the moment, uh, Lucius Alexander hanging out with us here on the Get Right on this uh, Thirsty Thursday NFL opening night. Uh, Lucius, what's going on? Like my man Reggie says, what it do, baby? What it do? What it do, baby? <laughs> okay, quick question for you. What's your meal of choice going into uh, opening night? On, so I've uh, got I've got some hot wings on deck ready for that. That's oh, me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to put, you know, like a, a meal that you can put your face into. I don't like that. I something you can pick up and so I can keep my eyes keep on the focused. screen yeah. and see what's going on. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Passion Cafe. So I'm gonna buy some fly wings, bro. Passion oh, Cafe, oh, some fire wings. Oh my gosh! Are you a ranch or blue cheese person? Ranch, ranch. Yeah, okay. I like ranch. You ranch. I'll go blue cheese if the wings are really hot. If they're really hot, if they're okay. really hot. Oh wow! Okay, I'll, I'll blue cheese it. Okay. I, I, I don't know very many people that have like an either or stance. It's usually it's usually I got this one or it's nothing. nothing it's yeah. not like yeah, I'll, I'll do one in various uh, capacities. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you no, know, it's chicken. I gotta. 
get that palate popping. You know what I mean? See, you, you can do chicken one. with anything. Yeah. <laughs> chicken goes everywhere with all types of stuff. You can chicken and honey, chicken Ooh. and syrup. Uh, good chicken. Are you a chicken and waffles guy like myself? Personally, I'm no. Just, oh, no. Oh, no. That's no. A no. I mean, I'm not. Oh, yeah, really? It's so okay, weird. Okay. It's a weird combination. All right. Oh, okay. we might have to help you out here because chicken and waffles. Yeah. You ever been? And I can't play spades either. So what's up? Take you going to take my coin? Are you going to take my coin? No. No. Are you a bones man? Is it, is it Domino's for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, see, okay. okay. I count about fives like a mofo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he said Where that math one. I got that part down. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Cowboys take on the G-Men on Sunday Night Football. Tonight, though, the Football! Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning, defending, undisputed Paul Heyman, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions get started with their defense of their Super Bowl championship tonight. You're well, ladies and gentlemen, I now allow you to go football crazy. It is time. Y'all to go tried to do crazy. it over this preseason. I was like, y'all need to calm down. Oh no. But now you know what? Cut no, it loose. No judgment from me. Y'all got it. You as, know? As they welcome in the fighting biting kneecaps of Detroit, otherwise known as the Detroit Lions. Uh fun football game. I wasn't necessarily too hot on the matchup when it was announced. But oh, I, are you not in on the Lions? Um, we'll get into that as the, oh, as you're not, the show you're not willing to unfurl that just yet? N- not just yet, because okay. I'm going to let them have their moment on Thursday Night Football. Uh, but you give Dan Campbell and this team a lot of credit going into last year. Uh, expectations were raised a little bit, but at the same time, as the season went on, this team got better. Jared Goff played some of his best football of his career during the second half of the season last year, and it culminated by going to Green Bay in the final week of the NFL regular season and keeping Green Bay out of the postseason, even though Detroit didn't have a chance to make it in themselves, that now carries them into this upcoming season where they take on a Kansas City Chiefs team that does not have Chris Jones, which we knew coming into the game as he's in the middle of a contract dispute with the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be around, though. But Travis Kelsey out Tonight, the number one receiver for this Kansas City Chief football team, he is not going to be playing. He's got a sprained knee that will not allow him to play. Oh, he also had hyperextended knee. Hyperextended knee, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so he but will... apparently they say this is out of an abundance of caution, right? So like the idea is the inflammation's a little too little bit too much. Got a bone bruise. And they were like, look, man, we're not gonna push it on night one. That's right. It's a long season, as they like to say. We got 17 of these things. So uh, um so let's just hang out. We'll get through tonight. But you know what that does mean with Travis Kelsey not playing? Tonight will be the only the third time in 95 games that Patrick Mahomes is playing without a first-team All-Pro at wide receiver, tight end, or running back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, that is second only to Peyton Manning, who had a first-team All-Pro wide receiver, tight end, or running back in 93 of his first 95 starts. And, of course, Tom Brady had first-team. We're not going to mention who that receiver was, are we? Bro, you, you better not. And Lucius, you don't want to mention who that receiver was. Don't okay. bring Lucius into this. He, he didn't ask to be in I'm this. I'm just saying. He don't knows, put him in this. He knows who Harvin don't Marison make, is. Hey, you making said, people I said, targets Har- now. Harvin Marison, okay? You you see what he's doing, it's right? Like hanging out with a couple and they start fighting. You're like, ah, crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, now, Marvin Harrison Jr., that's a baller. You you are playing in danger. Junior's a baller. I'm going to continue with the stat I was reading. But Harvin um, Marison. Tom no, Brady mention, mention him. had yeah. a first-team all-pro wide receiver tight end or running back. In zero of his first 95 starts, so. He did all right. But it does point to one of the things that is very evident. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, you know, defensive players and everything, that's a whole different thing because, you know, the Patriots defense was a monster. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not but, bad. like, I think that does point to the idea of, like, having a good situation 
being a larger part of quarterback play, especially at the early portions of a quarterback's career, than sometimes we give it credit for, which does point us back to the Detroit Lions. Like, uh, the Jared Goff thing is such a fascinating thing for me because there's people that have, I mean, Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. People have wanted to lavish and, you know, place upon him a lot of high praise. And I don't want to, like, try and bash him because it's not like he's a bad quarterback. He's not an exceptional quarterback. But in the right circumstances, he can make things shakes. And the Lions have done a great job of putting him in the right circumstances. They've got quite literally the best offensive line in Great football. offensive line. They've made sure to surround him with really good running backs. They have uh, they have serviceable wide receivers. And, of course, Amon Ross St. Brown, who's probably one of the best slot receivers in the game. And then, you know, they're making sure to run the football. They're making sure to give him play action, to give him, you know, clean looks, making this easier on him. Man, this is a fun Lions team uh, offensively. Now, defense is where it gets a little tricky. And one of the questions that I have for the, uh, uh, you know, in this game versus the Chiefs, because I understand that we can ask the questions about Kelsey. We can ask the questions about where the wide receivers are, and you know, who who is going to step up in a way like how much do you believe in Kadarius Tony and his his availability? How much do you believe in Marquez Valdez Scanling? Is Sky Moore going to appear for real in his second year? But one thing that people seem to feel comfortable betting on, and they absolutely should, is the man wearing number fifteen in red. Yeah, and that's why, even though the concern with no Chris Jones in the middle for this defense for Kansas City. No Travis Kelsey, the best pass catcher on this team for the Chiefs. They've got 15 back there, and this is a team that literally looked at its situation and said, cool, we'll move on from Tyreek Hill because we can make it shake with the best QB in the sport. While, yes, we had Juju Smith-Schuster last year who's now gone, whose knee apparently is ready to explode at any moment at this point. Um, They still have the guy that they can lean on as the best passer in the game, but can they overcome what is going to be a real deficiency at tight end, and more importantly, as you mentioned, with the playmakers, with Sky Moore and others, are they ready to make that ascent to help carry this offense along with Patrick Mahomes as long as Kelsey is out? That champion or that starts tonight uh, when the Chiefs take on the Detroit Lions there. Especially because like they didn't really have a warning when it came to Travis Kelsey not being in this game. Defensively, Chris Jones is where it starts for them. But at least one thing I can always he, say. He may not be there for a while at this point. He said eight weeks on social media. Yeah, he sure did. Not that that is like legally binding or anything. He looked real committed give, to it at this point. Gives you an insight into <laughs> the way that that man is thinking. Um, but when you look at it defensively, Steve Spagnolo, who is the um, the defensive coordinator for the mm-hmm. Chiefs, he's had time to think about how he's going to uh, work around this. Andy Reid, a notoriously great play caller, and uh, Matt Nagy, who is his offensive coordinator, um, they are going to have an opportunity to put this together, but they did not have a lot of time to figure out you know, what they were going to do without Travis Kelsey. And it's not like they have a facsimile for him in that tight end room. So I'm really interesting to see, interested to see how this goes, how much the Lions will continue to progress. I just don't know. I feel like they might have done a lot of maximizing what they were capable of already. And, I mean, it's just hard. I, I, I love to give you all of the reasons. Like, Andy Reid is a great play caller. You know, they have championship experience. They've been through – he's seen so many instances in a long career of being a head coach that he'll be able to play call and be ready for all this. But, ultimately, I am leaning back on the idea of Patrick Mahomes is over there. He does incredible things without a great offensive line, you know, without this, that, and the third. I'm going to lean on that. Uh, more than I'm going to lean on the idea of this this growing and pending Lions uh, team uh, coming out in week one and really uh, getting a win in a, a hostile environment. As this game gets ready to kick off here in about 10 minutes or so, the Kansas City Chiefs right now a four-point favorite at home at Arrowhead in Kansas City. I'm going to take Kansas City tonight to open up 
defense of their Super Bowl championship. The Lions are not to be disrespected this season. I thought that Dan Campbell would be fired within a year and a half of taking this job. I sure did because I looked at his previous situation and figured this was not a guy that I could see seriously being a head coach in the National Football League. But you give this front office and Brad Holmes is the GM for the Detroit Lions. You give them a lot of credit for the development of this roster, the improved offensive line that is now considered one of the best in the NFL. And more importantly, the NFL is driven by the quarterback position. And Jarrett Goff last year, during the second half of the season, played arguably some of the best ball of his career. And if he could continue that going into this upcoming season, they've got a real chance in the NFC North to be able to make some noise and possibly win that division. I still like Minnesota right now to win the NFC North. I still can't believe you there. I know. And that, and that means I have some level of trust in Kirk Cousins, which is a wild thing to do. But at the same time, who I who do you trust more, Jarrett Goff or Kirk Cousins to win you the NFC North from the quarterback position for these two teams? Right now, I'm sticking with Kirk Cousins at this point. Okay. All right. But I I think in that instance, we're neglecting, again, the 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 – the way that the Lions got it done, the formula that they concocted when it came sure. to a great offensive line, a lot of good running back play, and Jameer Gibbs is going to fall right into that line. Ultimately, come down to the quarterback, yeah. though, All for right. me, for me in this division, because Justin Fields is going to be terrific for Chicago, and obviously we'll see what Jordan Love becomes for the Green Bay Packers. But I'm going to take Kansas City at home to uh, get the win in front of the home crowd, and of course I'm from Kansas City, so you know I can't necessarily. All right, there it is. You know, there okay. it is, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, let's um, take it there, yeah. All right, so look, football. It's going. We got it in our veins. But uh, let's bring it back local because we were talking a lot about offensive linemen. And uh, mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. it is still a practice week for the Cowboys, it we've been is. hearing some things that um, I don't know about you. I'm a little concerned about. And it, to be fair, I'm not concerned about the news in and of itself today. And if you're not familiar with the news uh, earlier today, we found out that um, Tyron Smith had a sprained ankle. Popped up with an ankle injury today. Um, he did not partic- participate in practice today. They said it was minor, though. Um, they made sure to let us know about that. Tyler Smith was working with Britt Brown, who is the director of rehabilitation when it comes to the Cowboys. Um, he was working off to the side when it came to practice today. That is the entirety of your starting left side of your offensive line. On an offensive line, and this is the part that has always kind of made my stomach a little queasy, that did not have a lot of depth to begin with. And the idea that you're already probably you're probably not going to get there. I'm not trying to be, um, you know, surreal, you know, what's the I don't know what the right word is, but I'm not trying to make too big a deal of this. Mm -hmm. Right. However, um, you're already having to start to think about what if those guys are not there? What do you have there? And that was already not something that was a particular strength of this team. So I'm already getting a little queasy about the offensive line for these Dallas Cowboys before we even get to week one on Saturday night versus New York. Yeah, because I did not want to have to go into week one with major concerns in the offensive line from an injury standpoint. And here we are with Tyler Smith dealing with a hamstring. As you mentioned, Tyron Smith popping up today with an ankle injury is said to be minor at this point. So something to monitor over the next couple of days as they get ready to travel to New York to take on the New York Giants. And what concerns me most, and we talked about it a little bit during crosstalk is, This is a front four for the Giants that's legit. Dexter Lawrence is one of the best interior linemen in all the National Football League, and Wink Martindale's defensive line is very, very good. You get to the secondary and to the back end of that defense, you can have a little bit more success, you feel like. But for a team that's going to be looking to run the football with Tony Pollard coming off of that leg injury, they have got to be able to get into the trenches and be able to feel comfortable lining up against one of the better defensive lines in football. And you can't necessarily feel good about 
about that if you're having to put Chuma Idoga and TJ Bass possibly as your starting left tackle and left guard on Sunday Night Football against that good defensive line for the New York Giants. So that's where my concern lies at this particular moment. We'll see over the next couple of days as the Cowboys continue their preparation, but not something that I think Cowboys fans was looking to anticipate that both starting left tackle and left guard could possibly be out for Sunday night's game. Tyron looks a little bit better in terms of the minor ankle injury. More of my concern rides with Tyler Smith at this point, dealing with the hamstring here. And I almost... I'm almost more concerned not about what this means for week one, but what this means for the entirety of the, of the you know season. Because, again, we talk about this. There's 17 weeks of what I like to call the car crash board, right? And the guys who are most likely and probably in the most uh, of those collisions are the guys in the trenches, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, maybe some of the linebackers, those types of players. Obviously, running backs don't want to leave them out of this. But, you know, the guys that are in those trenches end up, taking a lot of those knocks they end up colliding a lot with other bodies and if you are coming in uh having these these bruises to start with it does not mean inherently that there will be you know that those things will escalate that those things will nag it does not mean that inherently I just have that thought that question about is that going to be an issue understanding that this was a team that was one that is going to be dependent on that line um and two you know, like they were they were pretty solid last year, but there was definitely room for them to be better. And I don't want them to be impacted. Right. You have a year older Tyron Smith, not that everybody's year older, but it means more when you are getting up in age like Tyron Smith is. You've got Tyler Smith, who was again moving positions inside once more to guard. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to have to see T.J. Bass early on in what was supposed to be kind of a development year for him. They have him, exactly. on, this, they have him on this roster as an opportunity to learn and develop so that he can be one of your linemen of the future, not uh, not a linemen of the present, right? Chumi Udoka, you, would, you know, you sign as an opportunity, and maybe he would have to start, maybe he'd have that opportunity. But even then, you sign him almost knowing that he was going to be a backup player. So, man, I'm I, I'm really concerned, especially when you consider left side is what when, it, when you have a right-handed quarterback. Strong side. Blind side. Blind side. That's right, Brian. I'm oh, sorry. I was thinking My about bad. It. Yeah. I really got I, – I, I drew you off side with that. Yeah, you right. had you had me going full remember the Titans. Left side, strong side. Do even. I look like Denzel? Is that what did it for you? Uh, you can act like Denzel. No, I can't. No? Okay. Uh, Mike McCarthy did say, though, that Tyler Smith can play uh, Sunday evening at New York only if he practices on Saturday before the team travels to MetLife Stadium. So, again, much to monitor when it comes to that left side of the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. We will continue to watch that progress through the rest of the week. It is the get right for Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan kickoff in a matter of moments in Kansas City as the fighting biting kneecaps of Detroit take on the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. We'll keep you up to date throughout the entire four hours here on the get right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. But coming up next... We talk a little Cowboys-Giants from the perspective of John Mashota of The Athletic. He joins us next on 105 Through the Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. NFL opening night 2023. As the Lions visit the Kansas City Chiefs, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Yo. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053 at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us on X. That's what they're calling it these days. Uh, coming up in about 19 minutes, though, here on the Get Right. A little history is about to be made for the uh, Texas Rangers for one Evan Carter as we got the news today that he's coming to the big leagues, what that means for the Rangers lineup, and more after a historic beatdown at the hands of the Houston Astros. We'll talk a little Rangers baseball at 740. But right now, though, we go to the hotline where we welcome in Dallas Cowboys beat writer for The Athletic doing the same thing that Chris Jones is doing right about now that's sitting in front of a television uh, watching the Kansas City Chiefs about to play. John Mashota. Of the athletic joining us here on the get right, John. What's going on? Not much, man. Looking forward to this. A lot of uh, hype behind the Detroit Lions. Not, I'm not used to this. Johnny oh. matches. All right, you because you are oh, from. Yeah, he's a Midwest guy. Yeah, you're from Michigan. That's you're right. From the greater area in there. Um, are you buying into the Lions hype, or is this is this just a little too much for you? <laughs> you should never buy into the Lions hype. But I would say. <laughs> I would say this is probably the most that I believe that you should buy into them since I'm going to say 2014, uh, the, you know, the year that they ended up losing to the Cowboys in the playoffs. You know, they had a, they had a really good, you know, Stafford there, Calvin Johnson and Dominican too. Uh, there was a lot of hype behind that team. Probably not as much as this one, but at least on paper, that team looked, you know, pretty formidable and it, and it was even in that game. Uh, but uh, no, this one, this one's on a little different level. I think because of Dan Campbell and what he was able to do on hard knocks, I think he's won a lot of people over front runner for coach of the year. So there's, this is, these are interesting times with the Detroit Lions. Oh, we might have to relax on that uh, front runner for coach of the year thing. That is that, that's a legitimate thing for Dan Campbell. I, I hadn't heard that. You're the first to, uh, to report that. Is, is that true? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Woo! I'm ahead of him. Are you, are you accusing our guest? Johnny matches of lying. I don't believe him. John, I'm gonna tell you to you right now. I don't believe you. But no, I'm just joking. Who would you, who would you have ahead of him? Mike McCarthy. Come on now. What you talking about? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, you got good business to do here. Come on, man. What you doing? Um, I mean, he could be in the conversation. <laughs> I'm just joking. 
Michelle is like, no, we're not. T- no, look, I like Dan Campbell a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. He won me over. I'm not going to lie to you, John. I thought he was going to be fired within a year and a half of getting this job because uh, I did not think, based on what he had done so far in the league as an interim head coach at times, that he would lend himself to a franchise that has been as destitute as the Lions. But I give him a lot of credit for turning that program around and Brad Holmes being the GM for uh, putting together what is, looks like, one of the best offensive lines in all of football uh, coming into tonight's game with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. I would say the one thing about them, though, that like they've made so many strong moves over the last few years that has them heading in the right direction. What's going to be the really interesting experiment about this? I mean, this Detroit Lions team is the fact that a lot of those premium picks that they had in this year's draft, they spent them on positions that you generally don't spend mm-hmm. premium picks. You know, you talk about running back, talk about linebacker, tight end. And so I'm interested to see how many of those hit. I mean, there's been great reviews on those players, you know, through training camp and heading into this regular season. But, you know, that this draft was huge for them because this was going to be their chance to really, you know, add to the, add some talent in some different spots. And, and I was a little surprised with the way they spent some of those picks. But uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see if Jameer Gibbs can pan out. It just, it's tough for anybody that's followed the Lions to believe um, that a running back is going to, be really effective because they've just drafted so many since Barry Sanders in the first few rounds that just have not hit, you know, you talk about Javid Best and Michael LaShore and I mean, heck even Deandre Swift looked like he was on that path. And then now he's, you know, they moved on from him and he's in Philadelphia. So there is a little bit of almost a running back curse in Detroit since Barry. Well, Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, there's that. That's one thing that uh, Cowboys fans, and Lions, uh, the Cowboys and Lions have in common is just kind of that lack of belief when it comes to the organization for over a long period of time. Another one is uh, the you know Dan Campbell has really tried to galvanize his guys behind the message, and it sounds like Mike McCarthy has picked one for this year. Can you can you walk us through what this car- Carpe Omnia is and how, how it's uh, how it's being received in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, it's being received very well. I mean, everybody that I've been around over the last two days has been completely on board with it and uh, have really liked the messaging um, around it. And so, but for me, it's not even really those words that have stood out to me. It's really how, so there's this huge sign that is right outside of their team room and, and, so the players have to walk by this this massive sign every day because it's it, if you're going from the locker room to the team room, it's right above you, and you have to walk underneath it to get to uh, the training table where you know that's where, where all the players eat at. And so it just on that on this massive thing. Of course, it has the saying and it has some you know pictures of the team and stuff like that. But then it's also got the logo for the upcoming Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It has a picture of the cowboy a recent cowboys team like huddled up together and there is a super bowl trophy like being held up in the, in the middle of of the huddle like this is just and then obviously then the biggest thing is that there's this empty framed picture in the middle and around that frame are the five pictures of the five cowboys teams that have won the super bowl and then in the middle of that empty frame it says 2023 it's just it's the most clear messaging of their goal is to get to Las Vegas and win the Super Bowl, and there have been other Cowboys teams that have talked about it, but it's just like it. The messaging has never been as clear as it has been, at least since I've covered the team with this particular team. And just like CD talking today about the Super Bowl, Dak talking about how much he thinks about it and stuff like that. 
And I'm sure a lot of people will roll their eyes at it. I mean, hey, it's been 27 years since they won the Super Bowl. I'm just telling you from behind the scenes, this is clearly the most where they're they're putting it out there that if they fall short of it. There's not going to be any gray area of like, well, you know, we, we're just trying to go make a deep run. It's like, no, they're really trying to be in, in Las Vegas in, in February. John Michelle of The Athletic joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fans. So follow-up to that then, is that a recognition of the pressure that this organization is feeling? We know that the standard is the standard when it comes to winning Super Bowls here, but is that a recognition of the kind of pressure and sense of urgency that Mike McCarthy may be feeling in year four going into this uh, fourth year of his five-year contract? Yeah, I mean, I haven't sensed much pressure from him, um, but we'll get a good feel for that. Uh, throughout this season just because of the fact that, you know, I mean, the, the previous years that he's been the head coach going back to 2020, you know, he's been the head coach, but he hasn't been in charge of, you know, specifically the offense or the defense. Well, now the offense is his. He's calling the offensive plays. And so whether the offense looks great, it, it struggles, you know, uh, whatever, he's going to be the guy that most are going to look to right away for that. And so that alone, I think, puts a lot more pressure on your plate because, um, you know, you're you're the guy. This is this is on you, and I, and that's part of the reason he took this over. Uh, this this play calling, I feel, is that hey, if you know, if I'm going to be judged on this whole thing, and and, and this could potentially, uh, if it doesn't go well, be my last year. Well, let me be in charge uh, of of a bigger chunk of this thing, you know. And uh, and and the, from everything I can tell, the players have completely bought in. But the the reason why I can only say from what I I I can tell is because it's only going off of what I hear and I see in practices. I just you know, I'm, I can't wait for Sunday night just to see what it looks like on the field because we just haven't seen this new offense, you know, go against another team in training camp practices. We haven't seen it play in any of the preseason games. So there's just a lot of hype around what could this offense look like uh, with the changes that Mike McCarthy's made. Well, speaking of what you've seen in practice, as we're talking to John Machado of The Athletic right here on 105 through the fan, uh, this today in practice you did not see – the Smith brothers, I mean, obviously understanding they're not brothers, but Tyron and Tyler are practicing today for a couple of injuries that have both been kind of written off as minor. Like, how concerned should Cowboys fans be understanding that, okay, yeah, they're probably going to play in week one, but this is a relatively slim offensive line room, and they did not do a ton to have backup players. Um, you know, how concerned should everybody be about this offensive line? Yeah, so if the most concerned you could possibly be is a 10 and not concerned at all would be a zero i would say right now you should probably be at a three or a four and 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 it's only because of the depth if if they had a little bit better depth i'd say this should be a one or a two you know but it's just that how fast things could get out of control if you were to because i don't think either of these injuries with tyler smith or tyron smith right now are, are anything significant it's the it's the Cooper Cup effect of, okay, but when they're out there, could it be something, you know, especially with Tyler Smith as a hamstring, where it worsens it, you know? And this is just, you know, so early in the season that obviously you have to be cautious of that. It was good to see him out there today, you know, working on the resistant cords and, and moving around. And, and Mike McCarthy said he's optimistic that Tyler will go. So it'll come down to Saturday. I, I, I feel very confident at least one of those two will be out there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they both, uh, you know, play in the game and start. But it is one of those things that it's like if you have to go, whether you're going into that game or something happens and you have to adjust during the game, the idea that, I mean, you're going to have the next guy up is Chuma Adoga and then TJ Bass, Austin Richards. There's just a lot of uncertainty there uh, that, again, every team isn't going to always have great depth at offensive line. I get that. But 
this is probably the most concerning year that we've had on that offensive line from, you know, an, an analytic standpoint since probably 2010, 2011, right before they drafted Tyron Smith. Speaking of that offensive line, they're going to be tasked with protecting Dak Prescott. Before we get to him, a little bit of news coming out of the National Football League as of a few minutes ago. Um, Joe Burrow gets a five-year, $275 million contract extension from the Cincinnati Bengals. That includes a whopping $219.01 million guaranteed. Wait, who's, who's, who's guarantee was two nineteen that they had to get a penny more than? <laughs> Let me go double-check this. Uh, coming from uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN, uh, real quick, your reaction to Joe Burrow becoming the highest-paid player in the history of the National Football League there. I mean, it's not a surprise in, in any respect for the money he's getting, the fact that he got the new contract, and the fact that this news is coming out right now because – the Bengals, Chiefs, they've definitely had their their share of a rivalry over the last few years, and I don't think there's any uh, accident that this is happening right when the Chiefs are about to kick off and start the season. So that is that is what always – the things like that always in, intrigue me about the NFL, uh, and it's very rarely ever uh, without any type of drama or intrigue. So that is fascinating to me. But, uh, no, I mean, good for Joe Burrow. He deserves it. I mean, that's the most important position in the sport, and you knew he was – there's just I mean, here's the thing. If Joe Burrow's following Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, even with the Packers, they're not letting Joe Burrow leave there. Like what he's done for the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and I can speak on this. I'm an expert on this because I'm coming from Detroit, and, and it's one of those things where it's one thing to have that success at an, with one of the top organizations. It's another for what Joe Burrow's been able to do for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, that's, that's a lot. If he's following Tom Brady in, in, in New England and he's doing that with the Patriots, a lot of people, or, or let's say with the Steelers, a lot of people are looking at it as like, well, yeah, I mean, he's in a great organization. Whatever. To do that with the Bengals, I mean, is he's exceeded my expectations already. So I, I think I think any of these quarterbacks like this, I know that they're some people look at it as they're overpaid. I, I, I get, get the money. I'd rather see it go to the players than the owners. So for the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the $40 million man that is Dak Prescott going into year eight, what do you feel like for him is going to be the biggest improvement with Mike McCarthy taking over as his play caller and what that means for this offense going into this upcoming season as they get ready to take on the Giants? Well, from everything we've seen at camp and, and, and what we've been told, it should be that uh, they're just a lot more precise and that their guys are on the same page. And that will be one of those things that we should be able to see pretty early. Now, that's not to sit there and say, even if there's some rust early on, that they can't get better uh, as the season goes along, because that very well could happen. I mean, anytime you're putting a new offense, there's just so many moving pieces in, in an NFL game that, uh, you know, everyone's got to be on the same page. It might take a little bit of time. There might be, you know, some growing pains early on because, hey, they didn't do anything in the preseason together. And now, you know, they're kind of getting thrown to the wolves here. So I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but I am interested in to see and just like the timing and, and, and particularly Dak getting the ball out of his hands quicker on certain plays just because, you know, that's a lot of things people say with the West Coast offense. Very, you know, you quickly get it out, move to the next thing. You're not trying to really, like, look past that first option into a second or third for something better. If that first option is there, take it, move the chains, keep going. I'm interested to see how that works because, for me, I honestly don't think that Dak putting up huge numbers, passing, uh, really matter that much for this team. It's, if he takes care of the ball, I think everything else falls into place, you know, with this team. I, I just – the defense is so loaded and – 
I, I was looking at this the other day because the, the team put out this the, the, their release for the first week, and it has all these stats of what Dak's record is for these different things, and, and it it's crazy. But if you look at Dak throwing for, I think it's 28 or fewer times, I want to say he's the Cowboys are something like 27-1, and one, you know, with, and, and it really speaks to that. You know, it kind of goes back to even with, like, Romo in 2014 when they kind of took some away from him and make DeMarco run it a little bit more. It took some off Tony's plate, but it also ended up being one of Tony's best seasons because of how efficient he was. And I just see a lot of that from Dak. And it's not just because of what I've seen from the Cowboys. It's, you know, what, what Mike McCarthy was able to do with, with Brett Favre those last two years. Favre was the starter in Green Bay. I mean, before Mike McCarthy got there, Favre threw 29 picks that season. And then Mike McCarthy gets there, gets him to cut that in half. And, I mean, that's Mike McCarthy's first job as a head coach. And Brett Favre's already established in the league. There's clearly something there. And so I believe if the turnovers come down, I think everything takes care of itself. By the way, um, great piece um, writing about the West Coast offense with Tim Jenkins. It was a fantastic article. Mm -hmm. We went through it a little bit last week. Um, but last, I think it might have been a week or so ago that we were hanging out and you were talking a little bit about Florida State's matchup with LSU. Um, after seeing Florida State Woo! handle their business, what are your impressions of them now? Is, is are, are you feeling them a little bit? Oh, God, yeah. No, this is, <laughs> I, I, can't even, I can't even put into words how giddy I am. I'm like on that superstition train right now where it's just like, just no one get hurt. What's no one get hurt. <laughs> Because here's the thing, like, Florida State is on a level with this team they have right now of, like, the, the top SEC teams. But they don't play an SEC schedule. So it's one of those things where just, like, you see how talented they are, and you're just like, hey, just take care of business against Clemson. You know, you might have a close game here or there along the – but, I mean, you're just positioning yourself to be right there in the college football playoff. And, yeah, I mean, of course, I would love a national championship. But just five years in a row of just being down as bad as they were – to get back to winning 10 games last year and then to see them put it on an LSU team that, I mean, I really think when the season's over, that LSU team's going to look pretty good. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but I, I don't think they're going to look as bad as they did in that opener. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty excited because there were some down years there for, like I said, five years that I was pretty depressed where, you know, I don't know, I probably told you guys this before, but, like, Saturdays are, like, my only real off day during the season. And mm. usually I can dedicate that to just, like, hanging out watching Florida state. And it's just, they've been so bad the last four or five years that like, even on these road trips, you know, it's like some of them, I wouldn't even go out of the way to get the game. I'll be like, yeah, I'll listen, I'll listen to it on the, on the radio through an app or I'll just follow on my phone. But like when they're, when they're rolling, it's like my road trips, like in New York are all based around, okay, what time is Florida state playing? What bar <laughs> can I get the game at? You know? And it's just good to have that feeling back. If any, if it's anything like what uh, Riley Leonard and Duke did to Clemson on Monday night, mm. I, think, I think I think it'd be okay. I still feel that in my spirit. I think I think uh, oh, I think Florida State will be okay uh, in the ACC uh, this year. John, as always, my man, I appreciate the time. Have a safe trip uh, to the East Coast as the Cowboys take on the Giants, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Appreciate the time. Absolutely, always good talking to you guys. There he goes, John Machota of the Athletic. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Breaking news on 105 through the fan is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. The breaking news in the NFL. Joe Burrow gets a record five-year, $275 million contract that includes $219.01 million guaranteed, which makes him the highest-paid player in the history of the National Football League, boys and girls, that averages to 
$55 million per season for Joe Burrow. Also, if you, I asked a question. I wonder who that little .01 mil uh, was put on there for. To Deshaun and, Watson? Uh, no, Deshaun is 230 guaranteed. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's, uh, I believe it's Justin Herberts who has 218 practical guaranteed, 218.7. Uh, wow. that that is practically guaranteed in his contract. So it's like, hey, let's get to that 219, add a little bit more on top of that, just make sure. If I'm Joe Burrow, you couldn't go to that. 231 for me to get past Deshaun Watson? Ain't nobody, look. Couldn't get, get past 231? They had Lamar Jackson in hell <laughs> sure as he did. was trying to get that fully guaranteed. They was like, you, you, look, man, you great, but we're not doing that. We're not doing the fully guaranteed. It's not happening. Coming up next here on the Get Right here on 105 through the Fan. History will be made for Evan Carter as he's coming to the big leagues. What does that mean for this Texas Rangers lineup? We do that on next. We do it next on 105 Through the Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Will this shot in the arm for the Rangers be helpful down the stretch for this Rangers lineup? We'll talk a little Rangers baseball here on your home of the Rangers, 105 through the fans. To get right, we're Reggie KG. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour, Joel Anderson of Slate, the Slow Burn Podcast and the Hang Up and Listen Podcast. Uh, we'll be joining us here talking a little College football on the heels of what Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes did to TCU as they get ready for their big noon kickoff game this weekend against Nebraska. We'll talk to Joel Anderson of Slate at 8 o'clock right here on the Get Right. Tomorrow, though, take your lunch break with the KNC Masterpiece. They will begin their Football Friday Feast weekly at Buffalo Wild Wings, mm. and they're kicking it off at the Buffalo Wild Wings location on uh, 4140 Lemon Avenue. Thanks to Miller Lite, your chance to win a pair of Cowboys tickets with a parking pass as well as Cowboys merchandise throughout the broadcast. We'll see you at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow with the KNC Masterpiece. So uh, you make sure they bring you some wings or something back. They're not doing that. Oh, they, do they ever bring you anything no. back from the, uh, a remote? You think they come back here? They come to the studio? They like you a lot. So they not, not that much. You I see mean, gas prices. They're not <laughs> driving over here. What you mean? I mean, they got it. They are the number one show in middays, you know, right I mean, now, while yeah. that is true. You know, so they got it. They are taking it to the house <laughs> um, as every as any, you know, reasonable person would. Uh, shout out to the KNC Masteries, number one in middays. Uh, Mike Bassett, uh, Corey Majors in. Of course, Kevin Hagelin and super producer Reginald Atatula uh, doing their thing every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, speaking of the baseball show of record, uh, the KNC Masterpiece here on your home of the Rangers 105. The fan Got some good news and some bad news. Yeah, and this is tough because obviously they're linked, and I just don't know what to make of it. So obviously there's been a lot of call for Evan Carter to be called up, the outfielder in the Rangers system. Um, and he's been playing incredibly of of late. 
and there's just a lot of folks that are like, hey, man, great guy on the farm, looking good, call him up. Especially when you look up and you see the way that the Rangers and particularly the bottom of their lineup had been hitting, the likes of Leo Tavares, who is, you know, after a couple of months of having really good um, at-bats at the plate, it's really gone back down. Um, you look at your left field that has kind of been a rotating position from the start of the season. You anticipated that. Nobody's really grabbed hold. Nobody's been incredible in that, especially when you talk about Ezekiel Duran, who is kind of just who's had a little bit of a struggle with confidence and such um, of late. You looked up and you were like, hey, you got an outfielder who maybe could come up and help. But the, I think the, the, the conversation and you tell me if if I'm correct in relaying this has been you don't want to bring him up and throwing throw him into a a difficult situation in his first time in the bigs right there's already an adjustment adjustment curve when it comes to jumping up from triple a baseball to the real life major league baseball and to do that in the middle of the pennant race or a division race was probably going to be unfair right i believe so i i do think it's unfair to bring up evan carter in this situation because look i know he's the number nine prospect in all of major league baseball and they're in a tough spot right now are the rangers with Adolis Garcia, of course, going down with that patellar tendon strain uh, as he suffered crashing into the wall against the Astros last night. I don't like bringing him up in this situation because you're asking a 21-year-old in the middle of a heated division race to try to be a shot in the arm for this lineup, whom we have seen at times be potent throughout the course of the year and at times struggle through the course of the year, and now asking him in this spot to be a real contributor, I don't think is fair to where he is in terms of what this team is asking him to do and what that means for the rest of this season. I get that they need him at this point. I would not have brought him up in this situation given what he is going to be for this team long-term in the future. Wait, you mean in the situation of Adolis hitting the aisle? And, of course, yes. uh, it, it does bear, you know, kind of, you know, making it as plain as possible. In one of the many home runs that were given up, to the Astros in that three-game series uh, from Monday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was a Michael Brantley home run yesterday that Adolis was trying to just, you know, put all his effort into try and go up at the wall and see if he can maybe steal one. And as he came down, it looked like he kind of buckled. Yeah, the way that he landed on that knee, I, I it was not good based on the way that he landed. Now, the flip side of Evan Carter coming to this organization, you could say, Kevin, well, this is a young man who has shown incredible poise coming up through the system and maybe inserting him into this lineup with veterans like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and others can really be able to help him in his development and maybe be able to be a shot in the arm for this lineup well, I think that kind of needs it. Having the discussion of being a shot in the arm is kind of tough. I think the idea was that, at least in my estimation, is that you could slot him in in the bottom of the lineup and feel like you know all of the nothing that it seems like you've been getting of late would maybe translate because can I give you some numbers, mm-hmm. right? Um, on this this season, in 97 games at Double A Frisco, he slashed 284, 411, and 451 slugging. That's not great. In Triple A, slashed 353 batting average, 436 on base, or sorry, 436 slugging, 382, or no, other way, 436 on base, 382. And so, like, he was playing really well in Round Rock in the eight games. It's a small sample. Eight right. games in yeah. Round Rock. And so the idea being, um, even if he comes up to the majors and that drops facing, like, high major league pitching a little bit, 
from a 350, what did I say, 353 batting average, if that drops 150 points, that, or if that drops 100 a. points. The 353, yeah, yeah, okay. If that drops 100 points, he's batting 250, which yeah. is better than what you've been getting in the in the bottom of your lineup, sadly enough, right? So the idea, and that's 100 points, right? That is a huge, massive drop-off. If that drops a wild amount, he would still be doing, giving you more than what you've been getting of late. The tough part about it is, in that situation, that previous situation, you would have Adolis, you know, still batting mm-hmm. fifth, fourth, fifth. I mean, he'd recently been batting fourth in your lineup. Now, I understand somebody texting in there, right, right? Losing Adolis, the, the current vote version of Adolis that's been, um, that's lacked discipline at the plate, been swinging it a lot, you know, getting out on a lot of high heat. Um, isn't the same an Adolis that you had, but now that is a, another hole that you have because Adolis still gave you something. And so Evan Carter is not simply coming in and giving you, hey, if you give us something nice at the bottom of the lineup, it's cool. Now you're having him come in. And I don't think it's a one-to-one. We're expecting him to be what Adolis was, being your cleanup hitter. But now there is more production that needs to be replaced in addition to the idea of, yeah. hey, hopefully we can bolster this up. So that's the thing that's kind of, I don't know, frightening. I don't know what the right word is, but that's the thing that's kind of irking my spirit because you've been dropping games like crazy. You are now, <sighs> what, three games behind the uh, leading Astros after this debacle of a of a C series with well, them. You're now four and fifteen in your last nineteen games. You are looking up at the Astros and the Mariners in the AL West. And as it stands coming into today, you're also looking up at the Toronto Blue Jays for the final wild card spot in the American League. And oh, by the way, after you get done with this series against the Oakland Athletics. Oh, that's right. You've got a four-game series beginning with the Toronto Blue Jays coming up this upcoming week. Yeah. So the pressure here is not going to let up, and I just wonder how is Carter going to respond being thrown in the middle of this race with all the pressure and focus on it and really be having to be a guy that contributes to this lineup. And again, the sample size that you talked about in terms of double A and triple A. But he, ha- he's he's been up and down in double A. That's, yeah. a, that's a composite of all those games. Mm-hmm. But he's had stretches in double A where he's been fantastic. That's another thing that I was hoping that he could kind of stabilize and get a little bit of comfort before, you know, he came into spring training next year. Um, I think that, oddly enough, the idea of having to come in and produce actual like metrics and things like that and having to try and lift the boat of the team might be um, might be less of my concern. Something that's mentioned on the text line here, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in, that I also, that I, I think about, I'm like, huh, that's a little concerning. From the 817, imagine you finally get your big league call up and you step into a cl- clubhouse of depression and apathy. And I don't know if I want to use those words in particular, sure. but there's definitely a, I, I can imagine, because I'm not, I'm not reporting in any way, that there's a tough spirit in that locker room or in that clubhouse yeah. right now because there's a lot of guys that are you know struggling a little bit. There's a lot of guys that I'm sure are frustrated and maybe not mad at the pitching or the bullpen, but are frustrated at the idea that, man, we've been so good. Why can't we not hold this together? And having to come up and that being your your introduction to the bigs in this, I'm I, I'm I'm... It feels unfair, but also understanding that life is not fair and you're not going to get the perfect circumstance. And the one thing I am leaning on is we have seen this dude be really good at baseball. And luckily, baseball is still fairly individualistic in that when you're at the plate, it is you versus that pitcher. And what you are capable of doing in that instance is going to shine through. So hopefully, Evan Carter could come in and just be himself. Not necessarily have to come in and be the lift or be the Adolis replacement, but simply come up and be Evan Carter. And hopefully, that will give us some level of uh, excitement to watch. And 
really the, the big hope as we talk about the larger scope. Hopefully he will come up and be alongside the Rangers as they pummel the A's because it is so necessary. Yeah, the, uh, the Rangers need to find a way to put a beat down on Oakland over these next three games because the historic beat down that they suffered at the hands of the Houston Astros is something that we have literally never seen before. Never in a three-game series has a team had 50 hits and 16 home runs in a three-game series. Never happened before. And it was beat down after beat down after beat down. And I hope, in turn, the Rangers can do the same to the Athletics because they need to pick me up right now. And hopefully Evan Carter can be a part of that. But at the same time, I think it's a little unfair based on what the Rangers are dealing with right now to bring him up in the middle of this situation and ask him to have to be a guy that, while you talked about not being the one-for-one Adolis Garcia replacement, I mean, he's up here to replace Adolis at this point. Sure, but I mean, also, they need need him. (laughs) But also, some of that is just like, look, man, I, this is why I don't harp too much on it being unfair in this instance of mm-hmm. him having to, you know, be the, you know, IL replacement. Um, hey, man, you lost the outfielder. You go to the, you go to AAA. You bring up an outfielder. Like that is the normal way that this thing goes. It's not simply, hey, we're going to get the prospect and bring it. It's just like, hey, we need an outfielder. We go to AAA and get an outfielder. And so I feel a little bit more comfortable about that. But the circumstances. Are, it's a little tough, and hopefully uh, hopefully that's not going to do any level of detriment. Hopefully the heat can come through and just shine through it. So get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. It is 7-7 seven to seven in the first quarter. The Kansas City Chiefs even it up with a Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass. We'll get you caught up on how they got it tied when we come back. But coming up next, Joel Slate. Joel Slate. Joel Anderson of Slate joins us next here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 